Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Mark Bickley, it is wonderful to be with you for another podcast. Uh, the shows don't do this much when it comes to effort putting into, you know, the, the off-air chats and things mm. like that. I've been in a hotel room all week. You've been in Studio Lumo. I've been looking at your face down a computer screen. Wow. I hope, is the camera, is, is there an no, it's good. filter or something on it? No, I think you're a really good looking guy. And uh, you know what was really funny? So yesterday, <laughs> no. yeah. I've gone to work at the um, the netball and one of my colleagues, um, Dane, his name is, he's a big listener. Mm. And he, um, he pulled me aside. Is he great? Uh, yep. Yep. That was a dog joke. <laughs> um, he pulled me aside and he said, mate, you know what I did yesterday? I lay in the hotel bed in the room in Cairns and I listened to your show and I just couldn't believe how crisp the audio was. Like for for people that are just passing by, they would have no idea that I am at the moment sitting in room 915 just having a chat to you. Do you know what I instantly thought of? Mm. I thought he was going to say, the audio was so good. Like it sounded like you were just right next door. I was so concerned about waking up the people next to me. I'm one of those guys that is always aware, like, of my surroundings because something that really, like, I, one of my biggest pet peeves in life is people that just have no, like, a lack of awareness about anything. Um, So it was interesting. But then I tried to go for another jog yesterday on the Esplanade. Yes. um, And I kind of gassed out a little bit because the night before, I ran in the evening, and yesterday I ran in the early, early oh, afternoon, so I was still heat. fatigued. So I jumped in the swimming pool at the hotel straight after that. However, the swimming pool, Mark Bickley, almost never happened because I lost my room key. Oh, no. On the run. On the run. And the room key, just to give you an idea, I'm holding it up to the camera right now, looks like a little casino chip. Oh, dear. So it's wooden. So this was in my back pocket and I've arrived back to the hotel and I'm like, you're kidding. I've dropped this somewhere over the past 6K. I have to go back and find it. And thankfully, there was a good Samaritan who returned it to me. So I managed to get into the swimming pool. But the swimming pool is one of those swimming pools where it's on level three and at the base of the swimming pool, there's glass. So oh. people can look up if they are on level two and they can see you swimming over them. I hope they didn't see little bubbles coming out of your shorts. Well, this is why I was most nervous, because I didn't want to see them or them think, oh my goodness, there's um, the little mini sausage floating around in the pool there. So I, uh, I, was, I was very cautious and eventually got everything done. But um, I'm going from the 30 degrees in Cairns, coming back to Adelaide on today, on mm. Thursday, for 24 hours and going to Hobart, which is about 10 degrees. Well, so it's been, been a full-on week. And it's not ideal here. Yesterday, I think, was the coldest October yes. uh, day or something for since 1997. So that was a, yep. a long uh, hiatus we've had since a really cold day. And today's not much better. Partly cloudy, top of 19. So we're not actually sort of pushing up too much for this time of the year, which is unfortunate. So you're going to have to... Make sure you pack a jumper or bring a jumper home with you on the plane so when you get off, you can chuck one straight on. I'm actually so upset that I missed that cold day because I would have loved it. I would have just loved the coldest day that we've had in ages. I just uh, I just right. love the cold. Anyway, 
Another huge show, mate. Like another week down. What, what number show are we up to? You, you keep going. Uh, yeah, I do. And today was show 96. Have we got any plans for our for our 100th? We get a banner or something? We raise the bat? The, the... I have lots of plans, Mark Bickley. Yeah. But if I say to you, hey, I've got plans, can you execute them? It's just not going to happen. So I've given up on plans. Your football boots that you were supposed to bring in that you mentioned once. Well, I've, lost, I've lost them. Don't know where they are. So um, hard to bring them in. I said, Bix, can you go, go organise a bunch of flowers for Tom Morris? And you're like, yeah, great. I'll get onto it. Now we're into like, you joined us four years ago. Moments passed. A bunch of flowers. Yeah. You never, you never said that. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to move to Melbourne and work alongside Mitch Cleary and um, be the Channel 7 reporter, which I read this morning is being um, now... Is the, the drop. Yeah. Theodropolopoulos. Um, mm. Former Adelaide striker. And WA. Uh, what, what are the WA? They stitched him up in the article because Theo's a good guy, right? Mm. And they wrote... Theo, who infamously dropped a catch as a substitute fielder in an Australian test oh, match. Oh, that must have been a different article. I, didn't, I got the shorter version. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think that's really good. And that, that's a really nice little success story too because you see Theo that... Works pretty um, hard, Theo. Yeah, and he wasn't like... He wasn't first selected for the strikers. So he's, he managed to win um, a one-day final with the Redbacks when he played for them. And um, he wanted to really get into the media and worked really hard. So to have an opportunity, and it's also like to move into state to do that job mm. with now a, a young child and his partner, I think, good on him. It's just a, another, uh, It's a, like it's a tough job, mate. Like to, to go over and be the reporter for Channel 7, it's going to be tough. Like mm. you think working in Adelaide in the footy media is tough. Go to Melbourne when everyone's going to hate you then. That's going to be even harder. <laughs> Well, there's a bit more to report on that. That'll be the thing for Theo because there's 10 clubs in Melbourne. Like here in Adelaide, mm -hmm. you've got two. So you're literally going to the same press conference, you know, pretty much every uh, yeah. every week. So there'll be great variety. And we saw Corey Norris. I work with Corey Norris at Channel 9. Uh, yep. He was a young up-and-coming reporter and uh, went across to Melbourne. Would have spent five or six years over there and just went from strength to strength and, and uh, came back and... Now reading the, the sports news on nine. So it, it's a great stepping stone and uh, he'll get huge opportunities from being sort of, you know, maybe even some national opportunities when you get things like uh, the tennis and those big opportunities mm. that happen in Melbourne. Yep, totally agree with you. Um, so big show today. We caught up with Courtney Cranby from the Adelaide Crows who want to bounce back after their loss to Brisbane. They play North Melbourne this weekend. And Joe Gauchi, who sometimes gets called go Joe Gorsi, um, when I try to call him on Siri, um, uh, Siri says, oh, you want to call Joe Gorsi? Even when I want to call um, Xavier Wagner, my friend, yeah. um, Siri goes, oh, yeah, cool. I will call Xavier Wagner. So it's serious, like full international. But um, the Adelaide United are doing something very special for Breakthrough, the Mental Health Foundation, this weekend. Um, John Mannion, who takes care of that, they do an, an amazing job. So um, fighting for a really strong cause, which is going to be awesome. And we had a captain's call, which was um, pretty confronting today. An elephant in the room, some, some mm. big elephants in the room today, Mark Bickley. Mm, big elephants indeed. Now, we must cut this short because I don't want you to miss the plane. Garrett, you, you literally, get you're going to put your headphones down, yep. you're going to zip up your suitcase, and you're going to go straight to the airport. So, please. Can I tell you the, the biggest dilemma I've got? I flew over to 
Adelaide on Virgin. And they gave me 23 kilos of luggage. Yes. Now, my bag weighed 23 kilos exactly because of all the radio stuff I've got in there. Mm. I'm flying back on Jetstar. What do they have? They, 20? They give you 20. You got to wear, so I, wear your I headphones think I'm gonna, on the plane. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to have to wear these on the plane. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to put the radio kit in my backpack, mm. and I'm going to have to wear all of my clothes. Yeah, that's good. That'll make you look about normal size. Thank you very much. That's wonderful. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Well, good morning to you on this Thursday, the 26th of October. We are live we are up and about. We are sleep deprived because there was a lot of overnight sport, Mark Bickley, as I look across the little camera that I'm looking at in my Cairns hotel room after the Australian Diamonds last night. You're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Good morning. Yes, good morning to you, Jared. And uh, how did you go last night? Because a big game up there, the. Uh Australian team taking on the South Africans. Comfortably got the win by 19 goals. Good good game. The Diamonds, uh, it was the first time that the Diamonds and South Africa have played against one another in Cairns and they moved to Hobart. And it's the first time the two teams have had a standalone test series uh, in 18 years. So it was, it was quite big. Um, Australia were incredible. They're the world champs for a reason. They're the best in the world. South Africa are okay. They've got a younger kind of squad. But I think the the biggest highlight was the debut from um, Adelaide Thunderbird, Tilly Garrett, which is fantastic to see. And we can have a listen to the conclusion of the game as well with the uh, Diamonds getting the win over South Africa. Watson is the seconds are counted down by the fans at Cairns Convention Centre. Conan's goal is waved away. It's a 19-goal win for the Aussies. A long way from perfect, but they had their patches. And in the end, they cruised to victory against the Proteas. Back on Australian soil. You know what was really good, Mark Bickley? The commentary at the end that said it was far from perfect. Um, You heard the end there. The music Mm -hmm. was playing loud down under, and you probably didn't hear my voice. That's because my microphone only worked for 5% of the night. Oh, really? I'm surprised you still got a voice. What, did you just yell, did you? Mate, it is the most flattening experience I've had on a microphone ever. And my voice is broken in front of 50,000 people before at Adelaide Oval, yes. and I was flat. That's why I didn't have to go through the front doors of my hotel. I just went straight under it. So, so you're telling me yeah. you've gone up there a day early, you've mm. made all these other plans with your work, because yep. you specifically need to announce and fire up the crowd and get it all going. Yes. You get to yes. the game. Did you do a sound check during the day? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Bix, because we tested the microphone and then when it got to game time, yes. there was even a moment that I was holding up two microphones to my mouth, <laughs> hoping one of them worked legitimately. And by the end of the game, it just didn't work. Gave and having coast. a chat to the... Um, the uh, Cairns representative who looked at the convention centre and took care of all their technical stuff, the 
you know how timing is everything in life. It timing is. is great in comedy. Um, there's a time for everything. There's a time and a place. And <laughs> and I live by this mantra. Um, I think of three questions before I try and do anything in life. Yep. Should it be said? Should it be said by me? Should it be said by me right now? And the person that at the end of the game looked at me laughing and said, oh, probably should have um, walked around the stadium holding the microphone and tested it prior to tonight, shouldn't I? <laughs> I quickly left the venue. <laughs> you just slap him on the face or something? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> but um, I, oh, dear. I considered every decision that I've made in life as I walked back to the hotel in the sticky, humid conditions and... It was deflating. So thankfully, the, uh, the the one positive that came out of last night, the fans were fantastic. The the Diamonds stuck around to have a signing session. And as I said, it's it's great for Tilly Garrett to get her debut. They go to Hobart now. There's two games left in Hobart to wrap up the series. Um, yeah, it was. Look, the 19 goals is a thrashing, let's be mm. honest. And the, the Diamonds weren't full strength. But it was a good night for our national team. So the netballers were fantastic. And then the cricketers kind of flex their muscles as well. Let's have a listen to how this happened with Glenn Maxwell. And again, Glenn Maxwell goes to 100. It'll be a no ball free hit as well. A second World Cup ton for Glenn Maxwell, his third in ODIs and on the same ground and the same pitch as Aidan Markram set the record not long ago. Maxwell has obliterated it. Yeah, well, Glenn Maxwell, 106 runs of 44 balls. He brought his 100 up in 40 balls, which was a record, uh, an outstanding night for him. But let's be fair, the the um, the Netherlands weren't all that strong. And when you read the scorecard, Mitch Marsh will be flat because he missed out. He made nine at the top of the innings. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. so the, the story was Travis Head did not play. That was one of the big talking points leading in. But David Warner cashed in. He got another century, 104 off 93. Steve Smith got 71. Marnus Labuschagne got 62. And then, of course, Glenn Maxwell uh, just obliterated. That was the word used in the, the little grab there. 106 off 44 balls. Josh Inglis missed out. He got 14 off 12. Yeah, little, um, not much you can read into that. But And then the Netherlands came in and um, 90 runs they made. So all out mm. for 90. So chasing 399, all out for 90, that's a, that's a big win. 309 runs by the Aussies. So having a look at the table at the moment, uh, India are the team that is undefeated on top of the table. South Africa in second position. They're four from five. New Zealand have dropped one game, and that was their most recent game. So they're four out of the five. And then Australia with three from five. Australia play New Zealand next. So that is such a crucial game because um, Pakistan are only a few points behind them. So that becomes crucial. I did notice last night, funnily enough, Bix, I like to have a look on social media. Mm. Guess who was there at the game last night? Australia versus the Netherlands. Who was there? Uh, I'll give you a... Princess I'll give you Mary? A, well, maybe South Australia's Princess Mary. Ollie Wines was there. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. Well, so many players have gone overseas. I mean, Sam Pal Pepper was in Bali, Rory Sloan, surfing in Fiji at Cloudbreak. 
Ollie Wines has gone over to India and he's gone to the cricket. He filmed David Warner's Century. How, how outstanding is that? Well, like, oh, to be young and uh, have a bit of time on your hands and a bit of uh, cash in your bank balance, just to be able to drift off to all these different parts of the world, good on them. It's, it's great that they get the opportunity to do that. So um, it's, it's probably... It's, it'll be an interesting trip. It's, it's, it's not as luxurious as some of the other places you just mentioned. The sea... Um, number of players are sort of scooting through Europe at the moment as well in Rome and uh, all those other places. But India, yeah, I reckon it'd be worth having a look one day. I have no interest in going ever. <laughs> really? Why not? Because I can't deal with the humidity and I can't deal with the heat. And I think it would be great to go to the cricket there, but mm. maybe for a session. For a session, okay. But one if thing- you ha- if you could go anywhere in the world, though, say if I said you've got an endless supply of money and you got to go to a cricket tournament mm. or a cricket match somewhere in the world, where are you going? Oh, I think for me it'd be an Ashes series at Lords. That I think that would um, be a box you'd want to tick. But but I think it's about for me it's about light and shade and about experiences and mm. and sometimes uh, putting yourself in a in a different area that you don't normally experience like i'm guessing if you go to lords it's probably i don't know it's on the same realm as being somewhere flash at adelaide oval in one of those um you know members areas but you know something like standing amongst the the great unwashed in a in the crowd at at a game in india would be fantastic and the thing that you take out of it like what does that mean the great unwashed oh it just means the the cut and you know the cut and thrust the 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 normal people, as opposed to the people with the tomato sauce ties. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's the man in the street type uh, arrangement. And that game last night, so you got Australia playing the Netherlands in mm. in India, and you can hear the crowd in the background. They're just going bananas. They are yep. cricket mad over in India. Big crowd going bananas about two teams that they probably care little about. That's very true, Mark Bickley. Um, we're here thanks to Morn Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Big show today. We're going to be chatting to Courtney Cramey from the Adelaide Crows. They've got a big game against North Melbourne this weekend after a disappointing result to Brisbane last weekend. Uh, Adelaide United want to get another three points. They face Melbourne City in a game that has been changed, Mark Bickley. The, mm-hmm. the game has been rescheduled to Sunday night, which is a little bit weird. Do you want me to talk you through that? Yes, please. So, because Melbourne City, uh, they made the A-League Grand Final last year, they have to play in Champions League, so they need to go overseas. So, because the uh, travel time wouldn't allow them to make their way to Adelaide and get off the plane and play quick enough, the A-Leagues has moved the game to Sunday night, which has thrown all of the Adelaide United supporters out of whack a little bit. So it's a long break for the Reds, but Joe Gauchi, their keeper, was outstanding on Friday, um, and they have a game where they're partnering up with Breakthrough, the Mental Health Research Foundation, which mm. is going to be absolutely awesome. We can talk to him about that. We have Elephant in the Room, we have Captain's Call, and next we are going to tell you how you can win something very, very special from Golf Box, we are talking a tailor-made cap divot tool and a box of TP5 golf balls. Golf Box, Australia's greatest golf superstore. Actually, should we do it right now? Yeah, please. Should we, should we get someone to call right now? Okay, one 736 736 Call us right now. First caller of the day. You get this Golf Box prize pack. Give us a buzz. You can talk about absolutely anything. We are going for partly cloudy, a top of 19 degrees today. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. 
Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Yeah, welcome back to SENSA Breakfast. Jared Walsh is in Cairns. I'm in Studio Lumo here. Walshy uh, not being able to be heard at the moment. You're there, Jared. Can we hear you? I've been here the whole time. Oh, um, tire so- Power, the great race sale is now on getting to your local independently owned Tire Power today. Um, I was just, um, well, I'm in a hotel room at the moment, Bic, so um, <laughs> I'll just take full responsibility for that. I was um, in the bathroom. Um, 1-300-736-736. You can call us right now. We have a golf box prize pack to give away. Let's do this. Hello. Yes, indeed. We got our uh, first caller. Who's uh, who's on the line there? G'day, Bix. Andrew here. How are you going? Oh, good, Andrew. How are you going, mate? Sorry, just having a few technical difficulties here. Uh, what do you want to talk about this morning? Oh, Bix, uh, and morning. I just wanted to. Uh, I was reading a paper yesterday. I think it was yesterday, and saw that Darren Burgess at the close was saying that um, with all the player agreements now and not being able to train at certain times, going to have a certain amount of time off at the end of the season. The training sessions have dropped from, or well, I don't know what they were in your days, Dick, but he's saying that your maximum amount of sessions you can get into players is around about high 30 to 40 before the start of the season. Yeah. Um, so I was just keen to understand what your thoughts were on that, how you think that impacts players at the start of the season and, and compare that to when you were uh, running across firestones and all those sorts of things in your day. Yeah, look, I, I read that as well. It said when a couple of years back it was 70 sessions and now, like you said, it was uh, up around 37 or 38. So um, it's a it's a big cutback. I think all that happens, there's there's a couple of things that happen. One is the players, are, it's, it's there's greater responsibility on them to prepare themselves really well. So um, I'm not sure if you follow any of the, the social media accounts of any of the footy clubs, but they'll show pictures all the time of, players who are already in the gym and they're doing stuff. So whilst they're, uh, they're on holidays, they're still looking after themselves. And, and so most of them come back in reasonable shape, but it means they have to, they can't afford, well, you can't afford to have a player who comes back and he's not in great shape or hasn't done the work because then those players get left behind. So I think it's, it's for the experienced players, that's comfortable for them because they've done it for a long time. I think the players that get into uh, a little bit of, trouble are some of the younger players that may have been on the list for a year or two uh they indulge a little bit you know you you see all these pictures that that while she was talking about where they travel overseas and sometimes a group of them might go to bali and have a great time for a week or 10 days and that's where you can get into the trouble some of those younger players and come back and maybe haven't done the work so it is interesting because you're trying to strike a balance between what is good for the players and their uh, their mental health and let them have a chance to sort of wind down for eight or ten weeks. But at the same time, they're in, in an industry where their body is and how they prepare it is so critical to the success they have. So, yeah, it's an interesting one and it's one we'll follow and it's the clubs that do it really well that uh, will end up having great results. And that's generally the teams that have a bit more maturity on their list. And uh, how many how many sessions would have you done in your day? Well, when we started at the Crows, we uh, Graham Corns um, was really wanting to set a 
uh, a really high standard. We trained every day uh, and we had every second Sunday off. So 13 out of 14 days we trained. That was from October through till December uh, in pre-season. And at that stage, no players had a contract. So you were doing it for free. So there was a slight difference. That's uh, what's that now? 30 years ago. And we all wanted to play and get on the list. And and the the dollars weren't as great as what they were now. But um, that's the, you know, so in terms of level of commitment, there was always a, a, a high level of commitment. But now it's just a bit more measured because in those days we would run a 6K run before every training session. So every day we ran 6Ks. So the, um, the, the, P&T, the fitness and uh, people wouldn't have liked that back in the day. And we, we probably broke a few players <laughs> on, along the journey. But in the end, um, yeah, we got fit and, yeah, we, we performed reasonably well. Andrew, thank you so much for the call. That is certainly an ace because it's our first call of the day. So you will get that amazing golf box prize pack, including tailor-made cap, divot tooler box, a TP5 golf balls, golf box, Australia's greatest golf superstore, Best brands, the biggest range, golfbox.com.au today. Very soon, our nomination for who needs to pull up their socks. It's 23 minutes past six on SENSA. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 28 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. It's been a big morning so far, Bix. There's so much to get through today as well. A little bit later on, of course, the one that, look, people don't like talking about, that is elephant in the room. We kind of ask the questions that people might be dancing around. I've got Mm. some big ones for you today. And Captain's Call, Panasonic Comfort Cloud, set your air conditioning from your phone. So Captain's Call is basically designed for you to get off the fence and you to make a decision about something that could be sports related there might be some just lifestyle related things in there have you been preparing for that this week because you're going to make big calls well, well that's okay yeah that, that's, i'm getting more and more used to that jared and i enjoy your prompting so um just quickly before we head to the news a couple of other big calls have been made if um you're a bombers fan essendon of uh, sort of delisted a couple of players. One in particular that we want to talk about is Will Snelling, who mm. um, we know Will because he was uh, on Port Adelaide's list for a while as a South Australian, but he was picked up in the mid-season draft. He was one of the, the success stories. And um, his best season, he played 20 games in 2021 and finished third in the club's best and fairest. But unfortunately, uh, with a few, or well, new coach, of course, and a few list changes, he's found himself squeezed out. So that's unfortunate. So we'll keep a close eye on Will and see whether he lands back here in Adelaide and maybe playing in the sample. If you're a West Adelaide fan, you'd be hoping that he might end up back uh, at his home club. So uh, we'll keep you abreast of that. Yes, sports update very soon. Pull up your socks. And if you haven't heard, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. It is just on 6.30 on SENSA. Safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 
26 minutes to seven. Good morning to you. A freezing cold Adelaide. Uh, what did you say yesterday, Mark Bickley? As I say again, good morning to you. Was yesterday one of the coldest days we've had in a very long time, around 15 degrees? Yeah, something like the coldest October day since 1997. So there you go. That's a bit of an interesting one. We had some hail at our house last night around seven yeah. o'clock in the evening, a little sort of front pass through. But you know what this is, as we are here, thanks to Mourn Team Care for Family Cars at Port Adelaide. Yesterday, again, you discredited weather forecasters, mm. and that was the weather god saying to you, yeah, we'll show you, Mark Bickley. <laughs> so there you go. Well, That's no, karma. Well, even a broken clock's right twice a day. I just wouldn't keep backing over this like you do every day, because there will get a point where on SEN we will have a sponsored weather segment. And yeah. then how are you going to tackle that? That's all right. We'll, I'll just go with it. But once again, I'll read the uh, weather for Thursday. Partly cloudy, top of 19. So we'll keep an eye on that, see how they go. You sound so underwhelmed. Um, <laughs> on this day in sport is proudly brought to you by Burbank Homes Inspiring Designs and Personal Service. Uh, Bix, on this day in 1982... David Hooks, the legendary David Hooks, scores a cricket century. And it's quite fitting as well, considering what happened with Glenn Maxwell. We are talking Mm. 34 deliveries, 43 minutes, as South Australia played at Victoria. Let's have a listen. Hooks on 99, faces McCurdy. Well, it's wonderful. It's like he was playing at a live concert as well, so it was fantastic <laughs> to have the crowd there. Yeah, didn't know they had music back then. Anyway, 34 balls, which back in the day, in 1982, was just unheard of. And it's part of cricket folklore, isn't it? And, and I think mm. that was the day when shield cricket was a bit more uh, supported and people would wander down from uh, their offices. A lot more people worked in the city, I, I, I suspect. And it used to, you know, were to get out that Hooksy's batting down there and he's got a bit of a, uh, a, a bit of a, a run on. So people would go down and watch it and apparently the crowd swelled to three or 4,000 people by the end of it. But if you, every person seemed to be there that you talk to, any of the older people anyway. So I'm three or 4,000 or 30,000, I'm not sure what it was, but um, everyone can recall or, or recount it. And yeah, like you said, a legendary figure here in South Australian sport. If you want to send us a text, 0427-154-166. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. We've mentioned a little bit of sport already, Bix, with the Diamonds and the Australian cricket team. What else is happening as we get into our sports update? Yeah, just recapping that. If you're just waking up, Australian all-rounder Glenn Maxwell has defied illness to shatter a record or shatter the record for the fastest World Cup century. He smashed... His uh, 100 off 40 balls against the Netherlands. The Australians winning comfortably there. Scored 399. Netherlands were bowled out for 90 in reply. Uh, Matilda's coach, Tony Gustafsson, said he's going to handle Sam Kerr with care during the upcoming Olympic qualifiers in Perth as part of a plan to heavily rotate his jet lag team. So he's going to look after the Matildas there. Liv's golf expansion in Australia appears to be on hold as its Adelaide tournament is crowned the year's best golf tournament. Liv Golf Hierarchy were considering adding 
another Australian tournament next year after its wildly successful debut in Adelaide. The Grange Golf Course is Adelaide uh, in Adelaide's west appears set to host Live again, though it has been reported it might not be. Uh, it was not among the three courses confirmed for next year in the preliminary schedule. So this is interesting. South Australian Premier Peter Malinowskis has been assured Live Golf will continue in Adelaide despite the Saudi-backed league's peace deal with the US PGA Tour. So there was all this talk after Adelaide that it was going to be in Queensland and there was going to be, you know, a second thing and maybe a third tournament. But it appears that's all been scaled back a bit, which is good for Adelaide because it makes it just the one tournament here in Australia. So if you want to go see Live Golf in Australia, you've got to come to Adelaide. Yep, yesterday was the uh, first day of the NBA season as well. So a couple of big wins. The Phoenix Suns defeated the Warriors and your Denver Nuggets yes. defeated the Lakers. Uh, Nikola Jokic again just continuing on from his form. And it's quite interesting to hear all of the Nuggets fans do something very similar to what you had suggested last week, Mark Bickley. And the chant at the end of the game was, Who's your daddy? That's what they were yelling out to all of the Lakers, basically saying that they own them and they are their daddy. As you said mm. last week, that the Crows are the daddies of uh, the Port Adelaide Football Club. I'll, you did say that. I was poking fun. I was uh, having a little mm. bit of fun. That was on the back of Phil Davis uh, making some comments on Trade Radio that said that Adelaide were the most dominant sporting presence in any city in Australia. So uh, I was just sort of picking up on uh, what, I did notice that. what Phil was putting down. Um is that, a, is that a tradition in the NBA? They have a grand final rematch? or a... No, not really. No, they do. They like to have the, the game at home for the championship winning team because I've, I've always found that this is probably one of the most unusual things in the NBA um, because they uh, award all of the championship rings mm. to the players. So they get their rings on the opening match of the season. But then there's a handful of players that aren't part of that squad anymore. So they might actually get their ring when they play against the Denver Nuggets throughout the season. So um, it was incredible. LeBron James was the Lakers' best yesterday as well. He just, he's timeless in the way that um, he's playing basketball. So um, I think it's good having basketball back. It was interesting yesterday to hear some of the the commentary around how players were rested. I'll play that for you a little bit later on because um, the commissioner, Adam Silver, was questioned on that. So um, stick around for that one bigs yeah and just quickly while we're talking american sport the underdog uh, arizona diamondbacks advanced to the world series for the first time in 22 years they stunned the philadelphia phillies 4-2 in game seven they're going to play the texas rangers in the world series so there you go it's going to be the diamondbacks versus the texas rangers Uh, You mentioned also in the AFL that Will Snelling is no longer an Essendon player and untried goal kicker in Patrick Voss. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael Pryor has quit as the West Coast AFLW coach too. So this is less than two weeks after he had a crack at the fixturing because they weren't scheduled to play a bad team. They were scheduled to play the good teams. Mm. It's quite interesting to see that's happened now. So he's quit. I guess there's only a handful of games left, so they need to start thinking about the future. But... um, um, this is just what happens, I guess, in sport like that. Well, it's interesting because whilst everyone had a bit of a, not a chuckle, but sort of said, hey, Michael, you know, tough luck if you're drawn to play the good teams. That's what happens mm. when you're playing a, an exp- you know, a bigger competition now where all the teams are represented. But I didn't think it was that bad that it 
you know, that he had to step down over it. What did you think? It's just it's one of those things, isn't it? I don't think so, but they've been pretty poor when it comes to the AFLW. The mm. interesting thing for me is that, so he's left the club in that role, but he resumes his other role too. So he has a role within the community and game development at the club. So he stays at the club. He's just basically going, well, cool, I'm not going to do that job anymore. Mm. Well, let's have a listen to Tim Gossage. Uh, he spoke about Michael Pryor yesterday. Probably survived a week longer than many thought. He didn't have a good week last week where he was critical of the AFL fixturing and basically threw you know, his players' skill sets and abilities under the bus a little bit, You know, talking about how bad they were in comparison to a team like Melbourne. Didn't go down well with the playing group. The captain sat alongside him, Emma Swanson, in a press conference. Not exactly sure she uh, was supportive of the coach at the time. Mm, so there you go. So maybe it was a bit bigger deal over in Perth than what it was here. We didn't quite get the the full story of it. But, um, yeah, he's no longer there. And like you said, in the end, if you if the results aren't there um, and there's discontent, well, often it's uh, the way that it, that heads, isn't it? The coach goes, you bring someone else in. To wrap up our sports update, if you missed the news, Beaumont Tiles giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12. You are in with a chance. T's and C's apply. If you want to send us a text, 0427-154-166, you will go in the running to win the Signet Boost Power Bank. We've got plenty of them to give away. They will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Next, Mark Bickley, we have our nominations for who needs to pull up their socks. We'll do it after this on SEN. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 11 minutes to 7 on SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. In a moment, Bix, I need your nomination for who has to pull up their socks. All day comfort, all day socks by Underworks. Uh, But we have a few texts coming in. 0427-154-166. Let's get into them. Yes, okay. We'll kick off with this one, which just straightens me up a little bit. It it wasn't a grand final rematch. I was talking about... um uh, the Denver Nuggets and the LA Lakers, they didn't play off in the in the championship last year. It was the Miami who they Yeah, and you have against. to be really careful about your terminology. So you have to, you it's can't not a grand call final, it a grand final. Course, like yeah. it's, a, it's a series. Uh, well, you know, like I'm not trying to be a NBA aficionado and I'm No, but I'm saying that. we need, we are as a collective American sport family want to help grow with you so last year you jumped on the Denver Broncos as you called them yeah yeah and you were always keen on your man Jokic and if you actually want to have a listen to our podcast from um the other day Bix and I went through a questionnaire of what NBA team Mark Bickley should support Mm. this season and he ended up landing on the Chicago Bulls um which obviously I don't I don't like I don't want the Bulls they're too mainstream I wanted someone a bit sort of left field. Like I'm the I'm a Cleveland Browns supporter in the, uh, the Suki, NFL. Suki, la la. So I'm open to suggestions, but I might just stick. I've, I've I've sort of adopted Denver last year, and they had success. So maybe I'll stay with them, see if they can go back to back. And the big okay. Uh, and uh, just another text from Ricky, who's a regular uh, texter, uh, sort of to our show. It says, "Come on, Bix. This is when." 
you were trying to throw me under the bus again, Jared, in regards to uh, a bit of fun I had with Port Adelaide. Calling Adelaide, Port Adelaide's daddy, he says, come on, Bix, Adelaide was born in a courtroom thrown together with spite and jealousy. That was, so, I'm just sort of paraphrasing that. There's a few other bits and pieces that go with that text, but I won't repeat them. But that's only because someone went behind someone's back. Everyone agreed. This is a little history lesson again for the people that haven't heard it. All the 10 clubs at Sample level decided that they would hold off from joining the AFL. Uh, and then after that was agreed by everyone, Port Adelaide approached the AFL and said, we'll join. And so that going behind people's backs forced the Sandful then to say, well, if they're going to be a South Australian team, it should be a composite team. And so that's how Adelaide were born. So when you're saying uh, thrown together out of spite and jealousy, no, it's thrown together because someone... Uh, it was almost treacherous, went behind someone's back after committing to something and then doing something totally different. But this is what happens, Bix, when you start throwing out cheeky barbs like you did, you get responses mm-hmm. just like that from <laughs> exactly. Ricky. So this is what happened with the, the Denver Nuggets. So at the end of last season, when the coach Mike Malone was introduced at the championship parade, um, Vic Lombardi, who is the Nuggets PA announcer, he introduced the coach by saying, he came into this world as the son of a coach, but in these playoffs, he became the Lakers' daddy. And then that's why yesterday oh, in the dear. game, all the Nuggets fans were going, who's your daddy? So it's not too bad. I like so it. So that's, it's, it's, that's an announcer like yourself, like your good mm. self, just, just creating a headline, creating some, some theatre. Clickbait Walsh. Let's get into uh, pull up your socks here for all day comfort, everyday quality, and everyday style. Up. It has to be all day socks by the works. Got a little bit too excited there. I'm sorry about that. So, um, okay, where's your nomination, Mark? Bickley? Well, I'm going to go with the whole Melbourne Football Club and all the issues that are surrounding it. And it's 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 sort of moved on from Clayton Oliver, and it's moved on uh, from um, the drug sort of latest scandal, uh, and and now the 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 board and Glenn Bartlett and the stuff around Simon Goodwin and whether they were plotting to have him exit the club. It's sort of, it's filling the pages. Uh, every day there's an article on it. So uh, interesting. Gary Lyon spoke to it yesterday on his show. Let's have a listen to uh, Gary Lyon talking about the Melbourne football club. Look, the way I'm reading it, this is a man in this case, Glenn Bartlett, who's prosecuting this case via the media. Right. And this, and in this instance, the Herald Sun, the leaking to the Herald Sun has been undeniable. Like I don't think you can look at it any other way, Sam, um, the level of detail that's been afforded to them. So, so you're saying Glenn Bartlett has leaked the minutes. That's the way I'm reading it. To the Herald Sun. Well, I, well, not the minutes, but whether it's him or his camp or his, uh, his legal team. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's any denying of that. Mm. Now, this is, I don't think there is any denying of that, that the, to get all those intimate sort of details from board meetings and, and uh, you know, first accounts of what happened, you know, in discussions with three or four people in the room. But the reason people leak stuff is because the, the, what is being leaked is different to what people have actually said. And mm. so when the Melbourne board say that they were totally supportive of Simon Goodwin, when the Melbourne board said that, uh, that, that Glenn Bartlett decided to step down for personal reasons, that's not the truth. And so that's why people get 
want to leak information because it contradicts what has been put out there publicly and it, and it's aimed at making those people look a bit silly because they've said one thing when here is now proof that they were uh, saying something totally different to what they told the public. So that's why leaks happen. And so you can't get upset with them if you yourself have told some porky pies. So, you know, when you get, it's basically the reason you're upset is because you've been found out. It is very messy the Melbourne Football Club at the moment, and I'm sure they're looking forward to round one so they can get back to winning games. So that can be the focus as opposed to everything that's going on in the background because I don't think any of that's going to go away for a long time. Mm, no, you're right. It, and it is, uh, like Gary said, there's someone who's been ousted. So, the, so basically what happened in the Herald Sun yesterday, it was there, there was a lot of discussion going on where the board was talking about a whole range of issues, and but basically the behaviours and culture of the, uh, the the players and senior staff within the club, and mm. Glenn Bartlett, who is a uh, once again correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think he's a he's in, his uh, profession is around workplace culture and health and safety. I think he's in HR, and so he he's he was trying to be really strong with this, and in the end, the board said, "No, nah, look, we're going down a different path." So. Glenn's gonna. We're gonna get rid of Glenn instead of uh, trying to tidy the whole place up. So whilst that was a short-term fix, and whilst yes, they went on and had success, and and um, well done, and that was hard-earned success. And and maybe that, uh, you know, the board talked about being united and supporting their coach, and that sort of contributed to it. But maybe that was a sort of wallpaper that has covered over a few cracks, and those cracks are now starting to appear again. Uh, Bix, that's a fantastic nomination for all-day comfort, everyday quality and everyday style. It has to be all-day socks by Underworks. Um, yesterday, while watching some of the uh, opening night of the NBA, it was interesting to see Charles Barkley have a chat to uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and some of the questions asked in regards to activities of the players off the court. But also, there's a thing in the NBA, because they have an 82-game season, um, it's called load management. So some players just are being rested for the sake of being rested. And it's causing a few ruffles, um, ruffling a few feathers, whatever the saying is, uh, amongst the NBA supporter base. Because if you're traveling around the world to see a player play, and then they are rested, Mm. then for no apparent reason, if it's not injury, um, that they are saying it's taking away from the fan experience. This is what Charles Barkley had to say yesterday. If you're going to make $50, $60 million a year to play basketball three or four days a week, play basketball, man. Now, if you're injured, if you're injured, don't play. But everybody hurts after the first two weeks of the season. Your, your legs sore, your knees sore. Y'all got the best shoes, you got the best medical staff, you got eye baths. Man, if you can play, shut the hell up and play. <laughs> and I really like that. So that's a nomination from Charles Barkley that the players need to pull up their socks because we go through a 22-23 game season in the AFL where players are rested and I might have this one off. I mean, if you think about the load management that they go through, um, do, do you think that our AFL players need to have as many rests as they do, especially at the back end of their career, Bix? We look at next year, so... Mm. Travis Boak might be rested for a few games. Tex, Rory Sloan, there might be a handful of players like that. Yeah, look, I'm I'm a bit more philosophical about that. I think, by and large, uh, AFL players are amazing in terms of the game they play. The, you know, basketball is, 
I know it's not strictly, it's a, not a non-contact sport, but it's got nowhere near the physicality that uh, AFL players have. And also AFL players are running 10 to 15 kilometres a week as well. Uh, so there's a whole range of issues while they're resting. And I'll, I'll give you the number one thing that fans want. Fans want their team to win a premiership, a championship or whatever. And if the management of the players contributes to that, well, that's all they care about. Because I've, I've been involved uh, with some teams that play really well in the right up in, in the minor rounds. And then players are fatigued, banged up, injured and, and can't produce their best in the major round. And that's, that's not what the fans want to see, let me tell you. Uh, thank you for that, Mark Bickley. We had a text coming in. This is from Bo saying, Mark, um, as a Browns fan, like myself, my wife is from Cleveland. You have to follow the Cavs, Cleveland Cavaliers. So, Who are the Cavs got saying, playing for them? Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley. They're, they're pretty decent. Good young team. Yeah, okay. Jared Allen. Well, maybe I'll get on board there. Maybe I'll go with that whole theme of, of Cleveland, like, um, okay. like that's being suggested there from Bo. Well, it's a very good suggestion. Thank you, Bo. I... Oh. That sounds like there's an elephant that needs to make their way into Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley, we are here also. Thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. We will do that next. Also, Courtney Cramey from The Crows and Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United. Good morning. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Good morning to you on this Thursday, the 26th of October. Mark Bickley sitting in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bix, I am in a hotel room in Cairns at the moment in North Queensland, and it's wonderful and humid. The Australia Diamonds had a win last night. I'm going from 30 degrees to 10 degrees where it's been snowing in Tasmania because the Diamonds are playing in Hobart next week. But congratulations once again to um, our very own. We've adopted her in South Australia, Tilly Garrett, for making her debut for the Diamonds last night, which was wonderful. Um, and also the Aussie cricket team got a very big win. We're going to touch on Glenn Maxwell in a moment. More Team Kia for Family Cars at Port Adelaide. It is time for Elephant in the Room. I'm just the elephant in the room. Okay, what do we got for the elephant in the room? I'm, uh, How does it work, Mark Bickley? Just well, explain this to us. Okay, this is what happens. It, it, the elephant in the room is when we tackle the awkward subjects. This is the thing that you hear people whispering about in the corner of the room. They don't want to bring it up and put it out in, in the sort of public forum, but this is what you do. You, bring, re, you put it into the public forum and you make me talk about it, which is awkward for me, but good for you. I like it. Um, so there's a lot of elephants in the room today. I want to just... Touch on them all, all briefly, okay? There's a mm-hmm. what's a collective a collective group of elephants called? A herd, is it? Uh, okay, is it a stampede of elephants? Collective group of elephants. Uh, I'm just I'm just googling collective that right now. now. It is a herd. Mm. Yeah, it's a herd. Okay, so here we go. First one is uh, NBL related, basketball related. The okay. Adelaide 36 is preparing to face New Zealand and Perth, both away from home before they are back at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre to face the Jack Jumpers. So. Five-time championship-winning coach, mm. Trevor Gleeson. He's from the Wildcats. He was part of the Toronto Raptors coaching setup, and their head coach, Nick Nurse, has since moved on. Trevor Gleeson had one year left on his deal, which I think is worth around a million dollars. And 
with that year left on his deal, that means no matter what happens this year, he's still going to be paid mm. that salary by the Toronto Raptors. However, he's recently come out and said he's open to the right offer as a host of NBL coaches come under pressure at the start of the season. There's a handful of coaches that are underperforming at the moment. If you go back to um, his previous club, the Perth Wildcats, John Rilly, um, they're underperforming at the moment, the Perth Wildcats. Their import, um, Doolittle, is literally living by his name and doing very little at the moment. Um, and he's not playing that well. So anyway, instead of me dancing around this topic... Does this put pressure on CJ Bruton to continue to perform similar to a Damian Hardwick being available at the middle of this recent AFL season? Is the pressure on now for CJ Bruton more than ever? Of course it is, Jared. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. Just back back to um, Gleason. So he uh, basically, you said he gets paid his wage from uh, the Raptors, no matter what. And the only the only caveat on that is if he gets a job, and let's say whatever the number is, let's say the job is worth a hundred thousand, and he was getting paid a million, they just top up the the, the rest of it. They take the one hundred thousand off, and so he gets a million no matter what he does this year. So his, absolutely I'm yes. Just just from what I can gather, his number one priority is to remain in the NBA, but he said he will be open to all offers. So mm. I would think that, um, that that is something that if the teams you mentioned, Illawarra, Wildcats, um, at the moment, you know, there's always been talk around the 36ers and what their season is going to look like. So if, if it does go south from here anytime soon, there will be pressure. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think the most likely one, though, is the Wildcats. If he, you know, his history and record there is is phenomenal, and so you would think if he's coming back to Australia, you generally go back to the places where, you know, there is a, a level of comfortability. So you would think that I'm hoping anyway that Adelaide continue to move forward. They start to get uh, some cohesion with the new players they've brought in. They play mm. really good basketball. CJ Bruton continues to develop the squad he's got, and we're not talking about uh, a new coach. Rocco has just sent in a text on 0427154166. Walsh, you and Bix have been on air for SEN for a while, about 96 shows now. We don't need to have the segments explained to you every week. Well, Rocco, I appreciate the feedback. I just like to welcome in potentially new people that are hearing things for the first time, but I get it. Appreciate the feedback. So Rocco's just raised the elephant in the room that I explain the segments too much, and that's <laughs> absolutely fine. Okay, um, let's continue. There's another elephant, Mark Bickley. I was just waiting for the sound effect. Um, Gillen McLaughlin won't be... Oh, it's a late elephant. Yeah. Gillen McLaughlin won't be the only member of the family enjoying a European summer next year, with Hamish McLaughlin taking a sabbatical from Channel 7. So that means he won't be... On seven next year. So Hamish McLaughlin and his family will be based in France for 12 months with his three young kids attending an international school. Someone's doing well. His <laughs> eldest daughter will be in the final year of primary school, which is why the timing is perfect. My question to you, Mark Bickley, who takes over from Hamish McLaughlin? I'm talking presenter, MC. He does the AFL grand final. He's the host. Who takes over mm. from Hamish as the host? Okay, so let me just... Uh put a little caveat on that. He's going to come back and do some stuff. I think he's going to do some horse racing stuff uh, mm -hmm. in the middle of the year. And he's also going to come back for the final series. So depending on how it goes uh, throughout the year, it'd be interesting to see whether he just 
is parachuted back in and, and leaps over all those people that have been doing it all year or whether someone can stand up during the year. I think most likely Luke Darcy is the most polished. Um, BT does do some hosting, but I think he's just a bit more loose. He's a bit more of the star as opposed to being the host. Luke is the one, I think, who pulls it all together and, and can do that hosting duty. Had plenty of experience now. I feel like he's ready to step up. What do you think? I think uh, as a host, Luke Darcy's very good. James Brayshaw's very good. Um, there's a there's a handful of options. There are people ready to go. So mm. I think I'm on board with you, Mark Bickley, for Elephant in the Room. Oh, also, um, Rocco's just text back 0427154166 saying we still love you, Walsh. So there you go. We're back together. <laughs> there you right. go. Hey, here's another elephant. <laughs> Two to go, Bix. Glenn Maxwell... 106 from 44 against the Netherlands. Mm. That sentence in itself, is it still worth celebrating because it was against a minnow nation? (laughs) Well, I think the fact, certainly it's worth celebrating. The Netherlands had a a victory, a really good victory earlier in the tournament. South South Africa, Africa. they beat South Africa, yeah. So so the, the banana skins, Afghanistan, the Netherlands, some of these uh, lower ranked teams when they put it together they can mm. really surprise but they didn't put it together on the week on on last night I should say I think what saved Glenn Maxwell not what saved it but what gives it recognition it was 40 balls he made his century which is a very very fast I think it's a record for the world cup in terms yeah. of uh, century so yep. that was very good what gets lost in all this and a bit more to your point was David Warner made a century as well Warner made uh, his 100 off I think he ended up off 93 balls at the top of the innings, yeah. but we've hardly mentioned that, have we? So I think there's, um, you know, this is a little bit of the, the discussion we had when we compared the stats of David Warner and Ricky Ponting. We're talking about who was the best white ball cricketer of all time. I think some of the more recent players can get a little bit of padding on their stats through games like this that maybe weren't afforded to players like Ricky Ponting. See, this is why I love elephant in the room. Okay, last one, Mark Bickley. Oh, there's another elephant. We've started to focus on cricket and basketball and soccer, but while we are focusing on these sports, we are forgetting that Scott Lysett, Sam Hayes and James Borlays are still mm. in the dark in regards to their playing future. Essendon yesterday, it took them a little while to announce that Will Snelling is not going to be part of their plans for 2024. Are we going to hear something soon? What's actually going on here? Uh, yeah, posturing, I suspect. So um, in, in regards to uh, James Borlays, I, I think Justin Reid has come out and said or, or gave some sort of verbal... Uh, inclination that he's going to be at the LA Footy Club next year. So they were hoping to be able to find a a loophole to be able to keep him on as a rookie for a fourth year. They weren't able to do that. So now I I guess they're posturing about what his contract looks like. They probably want to offer him a one-year deal, uh, whereas I'm sure his management is looking for a little bit more security. So anyway, they'll be be posturing. I think at, at Port Adelaide with the two players you mentioned, uh, Scott Lysette, I think at the moment, is just deciding whether he wants to actually play AFL footy again. He, he certainly mm-hmm. won't be at Port Adelaide. So I've heard Collingwood mentioned. I've heard uh, a couple of other Melbourne teams mentioned. So really for him, comes down to does he want to move, pack up his family and go to Melbourne? Remember, he's been a bit of a journeyman. He's been in Perth. He's come back to Adelaide. Do you really want 
for the last year, maybe two years, to, to pack everything up and do it again. So that's what he's deciding. Sam Hayes, just not sure where that's at at the moment. Um, and it comes down and to... And Orazio Fantasia. Yeah, so I'm not sure about Orazio, but I think with Sam Hayes, it, it comes down to a philosophical question about how many Ruckman Port Adelaide want on their list. He's, I, I think he's uh, probably accepted the fact that he's there... Uh, as a backup, and he was needed this year, and he played a handful of games. Do you want to continue to go down that path, or do you want to say, "No, nah, I want to go to another club that maybe has, you know, if, if Port Adelaide, you could argue, have Ivan Soldo and Jordan Sweet, who have just leapfrogged him and gone in front of him. Does he want to go to another club that maybe only has one key ruckman ahead of him, and if that ruckman were to get injured or fall out of favour, then he might get an opportunity? So they're all the things that are being sort of discussed and debated by clubs behind closed doors at the moment. Very nice, Mark Bickley. Very nice, as always. Elephant in the room. It is 13 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. We're in studio. Uh, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning. and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 18 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, the good stuff, our nominations coming in very soon alongside budget truck rental. Get on the road faster. 13 27 27. Bix, a few text messages coming in, which we love. 0427 154 uh, There was one from Tony saying, Hi, Bix, if you're looking for a good basketball team to go for, a little bit left of centre, go with my team, the LA Rams. They're not a basketball team, Tony. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe that's a, 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 that was a nod to my Denver Broncos. He's just gone down the so. same path. Um, there's there's a couple more and this one says Netherlands were good enough to make the top 10 teams of the world by knocking off teams like the West Indies so Maxwell's knock is well and truly still worthy Warner's white ball stats are as great as his games have come against top nations with less teams now in the World Cup not getting games against like Kenya Zimbabwe and Scotland so I disagree with you Mark Bickley Mm, that's a good text I like that I like it and it's it's probably a better research than mine I just had this feel that maybe Ricky Ponting played less games against some of the minnows than what David Warner has played. Anyway, I'm yep, this is, this happy to, to uh, defer there because, as I said, uh, who, who authored that? Doesn't have a name on uh, it. That was anonymous. But this is mm-hmm. what I like, our community of people that um, go through life listening to us each morning. Thank you for putting up with us. They are part of creating everything they hear. So you need to hold us to account, just mm-hmm. like Grant has on 0427-154-166. Mark Bickley, stop trying to rewrite history. You're better than that. I'm guessing that's in regards to, to Port Adelaide, the discussion we had earlier on. But that, that's my recollection of how, how it all happened. That The sandfall, which was made up of a delegate from each club, decided, they had a vote, and they all decided that we would, when I say we, the South Australian uh, sandfall, would defer from going into the AFL for one more year because they wanted an exorbitant amount of money uh, and they weren't sure of the financial capabilities of the, the VFL at that stage because a lot of clubs were in dire straits, which is why they needed the money. So, uh, And then the next step was, once again, from what I'm led to believe, happy to be corrected, Grant, uh, was that Port Adelaide decided, well, we, we'll do it. And they rang the VFL and said, look, the Sandful don't want to do it, but we'll do it on our own and we'll go, go alone after giving a commitment as one of the delegates to wait a year. So that was, that was how 
uh, my recollection or my understanding of how the Adelaide Football Club was born because then the Sandful felt like, well, we don't want Port Adelaide to go in it alone because that would ice the rest of the Sandful teams out of it. So they decided to uh, hastily put together a team and go in. So their hand was forced by Port Adelaide effectively going through the back door. So Grant, uh, my challenge to you, Grant, is if I'm wrong, and I very well could be, that's just the, the recount that's been given to me a number of times. If you say, stop trying to rewrite history, give us a call and, and give us your version of history because your version may well be right and I might be wrong, but unless you tell us what it is, we won't be able to have that discussion. And well, I'm, and that's what it is. It's a discussion. Nobody's sort of going to get angry at you or sort of demean you. This is just about having a, a good discussion about how it might look. What do you think, oh, Jared? Just you're a, a look, yeah. you're a no, I'm just having a look at the down the hallway here in the hotel room, and it looks like the gauntlet has just been thrown down. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. You're you're a Port Adelaide. Right in front of me. You're a Port Adelaide man, Jared. What what are your understandings of how it all happened? I'm sure this has been broached before. It's not it's not new. I don't get too frustrated with the history of how things started in that regard, to be honest. I don't lose much sleep over it because we're here right now and to get caught up in all of the semantics about how both teams were created and ended up here. I like living in harmony and I'm a lover, <laughs> not a hater. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that to you. Different and, generation and as well. I think, I think the people that lived through it, I think it was, there was... Uh, yeah, I didn't live through it. Yeah, it was drama That's at the, the time. Yeah. It, it, absolutely. And I can understand the frustration from both sides, but ultimately um, I... I have too much going on that stresses me out to actually add that to a, another thing which is going to take part of my daily life. Um, we also did get a text, Mark Bickley, and this is this is actually quite funny from Daniel that said, you're not quite 100% Mark Bickley. Um, port the Crow's poor cousin. If we use the National Lampoon's analogy, Crow's are Clark Griswold and Port a cousin Eddie. <laughs> Cousin Eddie is the guy that brings the big UV, uh, the, the, what's the the big camper trailer, remember? And, and Not park. the UV, the RV. RV the U, yeah. UV is what you get from the sun. That's it. Oh. Thank, thank you for that. So he brings the big RV and parks it in the thing and gets the, yeah, yeah. It's, it, but anyway, once again, it's all in a bit of fun. And, uh, and Clark Griswold is probably a good way to describe the Adelaide Crows, isn't it? Um, Mick was the person texting in about the Netherlands as well and Glenn Maxwell. So thank you very much. And thanks for listening. In the Clare Valley as well, it's 24 minutes past seven. You all go in the running to win the Signet Boost Power Bank. We keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Good morning on SENSA. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Just on 7.30 on SEN SA. Breakfast going for 19 degrees today. Very cold across Adelaide, so rug up. We are supposed to be in the middle of spring, Mark Bickley. Um, a little bit later on, we have our Brecky Brownlow. Thanks to Connellina at the Brighton Trophy Centre. Brighton Road and our nomination for the good stuff not too far away. Moving house, use the team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental, 13 27 27. Next, we are going to head to Westlakes and catch up with Courtney Cramey from the Adelaide Crows. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Morn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker. 
Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 26 to 8. Good morning to you on this Thursday morning, the 26th of October. And what I notice every 26th of every month, Mark Bickley jumps into Studio Lumo and says, it's the greatest day of the month because it's number 26. So we are celebrating that today, Bix. Um, Hopefully, for the sake of your former football club, the Adelaide Crows, they can celebrate almost consolidating second spot on the AFLW table. Big game this weekend against North Melbourne, whose percentage is a little bit better. So the Crows hoping to get the win and learn from their mistakes of last weekend. Someone who's going to play a key role, and that is Courtney Kramer. She joins us right now. Good morning to you, Courtney. I'm sure you're looking forward to getting the season back on track this weekend. Well, we can't quite hear Courtney there, so um, we'll just wait. See I, get... I have this habit, Mark Bickley, of doing the greatest intros ever, and then there's silence. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney was on the line a second ago. We'll try and get Courtney back. But the game's going to take place, Nord Oval, 2.35. Uh, a couple of big talking points going into this match. One will be Sarah Allen. Now, Sarah Allen is uh, an All-Australian fullback and has been one of the stalwarts for the Adelaide Footy Club since their inception, and she's a, a great player. She had a, a, a very nasty hamstring injury, which she uh, injured just before the first game, and so she's been out for the first, what is it, eight games, eight rounds, and she is listed as a test. So if she can come back in, that would be a huge bonus for the Adelaide Footy Club. So uh, we'll ask Courtney about that when she gets back on the line and uh, whether she will take her place, because a, a couple of games before the final series starts just to get herself back into the swing of it will be pretty handy for the Adelaide Footy Club. Well, just having a look at the table at the moment, the top three teams with Melbourne sitting 7-1 and one equal with Adelaide, but the percentage of Melbourne is unbelievable, 266%, Adelaide 210. North Melbourne, the team they face this weekend, has a percentage of 236. So a win for North Melbourne would see them jump on top of Adelaide, which is what the Adelaide supporters certainly don't want either. Okay, yeah, we'll see if we've got Courtney on the line. Courtney, how are you? Jared, how are you? Yeah, we're very well. We just had to pat a little bit there. We just spoke briefly about Sarah Allen as uh, listed as a test. Is how, how close is she to coming back? And realistically, could she play this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. She uh, she got through training well yesterday, so um, she's likely to come back, which is great. Um, great news for her. Obviously, out with a hamstring injury early and and uh, with the women's season being so short it, it did um put her out of, of most of the season but to have her back she's just such such a great um leader for our back line and um yeah the girls are, are really excited Courtney having you listened to Doc Clark after the disappointing result on the weekend you could be forgiven for thinking that you'd won because he considering how happy he sounded um <laughs> But for me, I guess I wanted to ask you, it must be a really good position of experience to be in that after a loss, you look at the learnings and the growth that you can take out of it and move that into the focus for the next game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Doc's very much a positive kind of guy and um, albeit he's he's pretty realistic as well and um, it was pretty clear to see in Q2 last weekend against Brisbane um, our pressure just wasn't quite at the level and uh, Brisbane were able to get on top of us really quickly um, I mean they rate number two in the competition for pressure behind us so we knew it was going to be a pretty heated contest and 
unfortunately, um, yeah, we just lost a, a moment of concentration throughout that um, second quarter and um, that was pretty much the game. So we've looked at that closely throughout the week and um, really looking forward to this weekend against North Melbourne. The way the draws panned out, it's actually been quite good for you because your last month you've played Melbourne, you had a really good win, you, you accounted for the Bulldogs, you then... Uh, played Brisbane, uh, who are another uh, top four team. You then got North Melbourne this week. So as you head into the final series, you you pretty much know exactly where you sit in the scheme of things. You will have played the three other teams in the top four in, in, recently, and you'll you know you'll you'll be able to sort of measure how you're going. So it's a nice preparation to uh, to the finals build up. Yeah, absolutely, Bix. It's um it's it's quite the short season uh, with ten minor round games, and you, you just have to take each uh, win as it comes, and and then prepare for the next one. But you're right with the the top four teams um, and us uh, leading into finals, having an opportunity to come up against them. It definitely shows where we're at, um, and we're we're confident coming into. Um, the next couple of games that uh, if we just address what we need to do um, that we and fix up what we um, couldn't achieve in Q2 against Brisbane um, was a good chance this weekend. It goes so quickly as well the season. We're almost at an end of the minor rounds. Are you at a point that as someone who's been involved in the system as a player and now what you're doing that um, we need more games because it just allows continuity for players to get to know one another but also it's only going to mean good things for the competition eventually? Yeah, absolutely. And um, recently the girls um, just confirmed with AFL a, a new CBA and um, absolutely there'll be more games coming. And it's such a great competition um, at the moment. And from where it's come from back in 2017, it's been huge growth so far. And it really is a young competition still. So um, it's fantastic to, to see where it's come. But there will be more games coming, which is, is really exciting for the girls. I mean, they, they train... Uh, six months of the year and um, for 10 games and, and put a lot of effort into it. Um, and, but the competition absolutely is still growing. Courtney, as an assistant coach, can we tap into your leadership mindset about, I guess, the, the way that you make sure that you're working alongside Doc, but also how you're communicating to the players? Do you take a lot of your experience as a player, how you would have liked to be communicated to, or is it this just a constant growing opportunity for you to, to learn your style and, and what works with every player that you work with? Yeah, I suppose um, a bit of the latter. I suppose every athlete's are different in terms of how they approach the game and um, each week and what they feed off and, and how they deal with um, getting up to perform. And um, I'm I'm quite fortunate enough to be coaching the midfield group and um, have some really great players that, that play in that group. Um, and the way that they get themselves ready for a game is, is pretty unreal. And um, last last week, as a little bit of insight for you, they were willing to, to watch Q2 back and um, all those moments where we could have done better and, and that's just the type of group they are that they're always wanting to improve on, on their game and, and grow. So I'm quite fortunate enough to be to be coaching some great athletes. Just want to talk a little bit about Chelsea Randall. She's involved now in the men's coaching program and it's a, it's a program that's being sponsored by the AFL to try and uh, continue to give opportunities to, to women to, to forge their coaching careers. Have you noticed any difference in the way she's gone about her season this year, having been exposed uh, to what the, the men have been doing in the last probably six months? Yeah, Chelsea's obviously um, our courageous captain. She's one of the best players in the competition mm. that's played the game and 
um, it's just been fantastic to watch her growth, particularly in that coaching space across the course of the, the last season. And um, she's absolutely benefited from um, that exposure to the men's program. And um, she's she's one of the coaches on the field come game day. So it absolutely is a great benefit to us. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure I've seen a more courageous player, man or woman, to be quite frank. She's just a superstar. <laughs> Courtney, thank you so much for your time. Good luck on the weekend. And uh, we've loved having you a part of the SEN family as well. So thank you for your contribution and um, good luck this weekend. Thanks, guys. And, yeah, all the fans, make sure you get down to Nord. It's our last home match on Sunday at 2.35, so it'd be great to see a good crowd out there. Yep, indeed. I just looked at the weather forecast, 23 degrees. It's going to be dry. It is the perfect afternoon to play great footy, so all the best, Courtney. Thanks, guys. Uh, there you go. Courtney cool. Kramer joining us there. Incredible to see Mark Bickley refer to the weather once again. Um, because just, I you said have it's a no rough interest. guide. <laughs> I'm going to surprise you one day and get a weather forecaster on. Um, It would be a fantastic way to finish the home and away season um, for Adelaide. They're always around the mark with the finals as well, Bix, and they just continually perform. No matter the team that they have, they they really connect with Doc Clark. And also what Courtney's doing in the midfield too, where I feel we're having a look at the matchups against North Melbourne. This is going to be such a crucial midfield battle to win. Yeah, they've had a, a good record against North Melbourne. They won their last four games against them. The, the, the point you made about Matthew Clark about, you know, you wouldn't know whether they won or lost. You know, his demeanour was is um, quite sunny, uh, for want of a better term. He, he is a classic for me along the lines of the Craig McRae-style coach. Mm. I, I, I uh, would think that he would be someone who should be being seriously looked at when other AFL coaching opportunities arise because the connection that he creates, uh, and, and I've worked, sort of close hand with Matthew for a long time or, or, you know, up until I finished, but he was there pretty much all of that period. And then what he's done with the women's team and being able to adapt to that sort of slightly different sort of coaching profile that's needed there. He just connects with people. He is a people person. And, and I think uh, that has become a really, really important factor now in coaching any team in any sport. It is 16 minutes to eight on SENSA, our Brecky Brownlow. Not too far away, thanks to Brighton Trophy Centre, Brighton Road. And also, we've got plenty of text to get through, 0427-154-166. But next, we are getting into Captain's Call on SENSA. Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Ten minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United is going to join us in the next couple of minutes. They're preparing to take on Melbourne City on Sunday night at Cooper Stadium. Bix, before we head into Captain's Call, the text line 0427-154-166 had a few coming through. I uh, said put put the uh, the call out to say if my version of events with Port Adelaide and the Crows wasn't quite right to give people to give their version of events. First of all, Brett has sent this one and it says, uh, Morning Bix and Jared, here's the Port Crows history in a quick way. Port wanted to progress from the sample into the VFL AFL because of its strong success and innovative progressive business thinking in the local comp. The people running the sample panicked and threw together a ragtag team called it the Crows, i.e. the Camry Dodos. Uh, so the Crows were born because of the Port Adelaide. Thank you. Um, I, I, I totally agree with the top bit. Talked about Port Adelaide having strong success, innovative, progressive business thing. All that is correct. 
Um, and, and that's fine if you want to join, but look people in the face and tell them you want to join. Don't vote one way around the board table uh, with all the delegates and then walk out of the room and do something different. So I disagree slightly with that. Uh, and then another one uh, from Ange. Uh, I'm just trying to find... Uh, Mark, you said earlier that the Sandfall was forced to join the AFL. How can they be forced if the Sandfall didn't want to or didn't agree with the decision to join the AFL? Then why do it? With respect, Bix, you sound a bit, little bit like the little kid at school when he gets into trouble and said, it wasn't my fault. They forced me to do it. What I'm saying where they were forced to was they had the strong negotiating power because they had money at the time, the Sandful, and the, the conditions that the AFL wanted seemed exorbitant. So they had the strong negotiating power. When Port Adelaide went behind their back and said, we'll join uh, and we'll do it, it took all the negotiating power away from the Sandful. The Sandful always wanted to join the, the AFL, but they wanted to do it on their terms. So that's why when I said they were forced to, they wanted to join, but they wanted to do it on the best terms possible. And they were prepared to wait. If they had to wait a year to do it, they were prepared to do that. Their hand was forced because Port Adelaide decided they wanted to do it straight away. So anyway. Uh, Thank you, Mark Bickley. Great discussion to have. Panasonic Air Conditioning with NanoX Technology. Take a breath of fresh air. It is time for Captain's Call. All right, Bix. So just to explain how um, Captain's Call works... um, just for Rocco's purpose as well, who likes to hear how things are explained. Um, you like to sit on the fence all the time, so um, I like to give you an option. I give you a couple of uh, choices of what you can choose from, and you can't say, no, nah, I'm just going to sit in the middle, all right? So there's a couple this morning. You okay. ready for this? Yes, please. Captain's call. Mark Bickley. Glenn Maxwell or David Warner? Glenn Maxwell or David Warner? Well, this is an easy one for me because of the age difference and David Warner's right at the very end of his career. So if I'm choosing one to sort of get on board, I'm getting on board with Glenn Maxwell. I think he's still the most exciting cricketer to watch in the world, in my opinion. So let's hope that he can just get that consistency that he's craved. Let's talk basketball because yesterday was the opening matches of the NBA season and the NBL is in full swing right now. Yes, So make a captain's call here. Would you rather sit on the bench for an NBA side and Mm. not play or play for an NBL side guaranteed to start every match? I think I would sit on the bench in the NBA. A bit like Andrew Gaze. He's got a ring, hasn't he, for the San Antonio Spurs. Is that correct? He does, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I I think that's the ultimate, isn't it? That's the biggest league in the world. I think to be able to be embedded in that, like whilst you mightn't be playing, you're still training, you're still traveling, you're still part of that roster, you're mixing with all those superstars, you're seeing them up close and personal. I think that'd be an amazing experience. You have visitors to Australia from overseas and they say, take me to the two biggest sporting events in the country. What are you taking them to? That's a really good question. The two biggest sporting events in the country. I think you're taking them to the AFL Grand Final and you're taking them to the opening day of the the Boxing Day Test. You're the Adelaide Crows. The AFL says pick your ideal time slot. Which one are you taking to have the majority of your home games? It's Saturday night for me. 
I also understand every person is different, but for me, who you're asking, Saturday night's perfect. You go for a run along the beach. Are you wearing shoes or are you opting for no shoes? Um, I'm a shoes guy because I've got feet issues. I, I broke a bone in my foot three times, and so I wear orthotics. And if I don't wear them, and I've done this before, <clears throat> got a bit excited and exuberant at the beach and going for a run, and uh, it's agony. It's no good for me running without shoes. Orazio Fantasia, rookie or another club in 2024? Um, I think he ends up at another club. And I, for me, if I'm a Port Adelaide fan, and this is all I am, just uh, sitting on the outside looking in, I've, I've lost patience with Orazio. And I think there's others that you want to try now in front of him. And I'm happy to, for him to ply his trade elsewhere. You're cooking a roast this weekend. <laughs> this is a challenge. And you can either have tomato sauce on the meat and veggies or some gravy. Pick one. Oh, gravy. That's the easiest choice of all of them so far. Mm. Okay. <laughs> November pre-season training yeah. or January pre-season training? Uh, I'm a little bit um, uh, old school. I, I still think November it doesn't have to be breakneck and it doesn't have to be, you know, five days a week or four and a half, whatever they're allowed to now under the collective bargaining agreement. But I, I still think you build really strong habits, particularly for younger players and players that have just been drafted. And I also think it's great for that connection sort of model where younger players who have just been drafted get to spend a month and a half observing the, the Taylor Walkers and the Rory Sloans and the Travis Bokes of the world. Last one. You go out for dinner, you're with a group of people and the time comes where the bill needs to be paid. Mm -hmm. Do you split the bill evenly or do you itemise everything that you have had specifically? <laughs> Just split the bill evenly. It's, it, you're, like, you're not going, uh, I didn't have the garlic bread and you're drinking this and I had a, a Coke. No. Just split it 12 ways. Sure? Like, like a pizza. Just even slices, please. Okay. Well, I think that's another successful edition of Captain's Call. Panasonic Comfort Cloud <laughs> Set, your air conditioning from your phone. Um, Bix, before we head into the news, just quickly, another shout-out. And I think this is our nomination for the good stuff for this week. Get on the road faster, 13-27-27. Congratulations to... Adelaide Thunderbird Tilly Garrett. We're not sure whether we should say former Adelaide Thunderbird Tilly Garrett because none of them have contracts yeah. at the moment, but making her debut um, for the Australian Diamonds last night here in Cairns. And speaking of women's sport, the Matildas play tonight over in Western Australia. So they have three matches, the Olympic qualifiers. They have two games at HBF Park and they have one at Optus Stadium as well. The majority of those matches have been sold out too, which is fantastic. So um, as one of the five highest ranked teams in Asia. Australia alongside Japan, China, South Korea and North Korea receive a pass through to the second round. They join a further seven nations in the second round and have been drawn into three different pools. So Group A is Iran, the Philippines 
and Chinese Taipei, the winner going through to the third round where they'll face the other two group winners in best place run-up. So basically, to summarise all that, they just need to win. They are full strength. The CBA has been sorted and it's an opportunity not just for the people of Western Australia to see the Matildas over the next three matches, but also um, we can watch it tonight and listen to it too. Yeah, and this is where the growth comes, I think, for the women's game in the, in the, in the world game of football is that we all supported them amazingly during the World Cup when it was hosted here, but we've got to continue to support them. So hopefully, uh, if you're someone that's, uh, that sat down with your family and, and watched it during the World Cup, this is a great opportunity to continue to do that. Get to know the list, get to know the roster and the players, and, and that's where the growth in the sport will come. And it looks like the fact that all these games are sold out is that momentum is is carrying over and it's great that like you said they've got a full squad here all the stars are on display hopefully they put on a really 60,000 in Optus 60,000 will be at Optus yep so that's sold out for the game against the Philippines and it's it's one of those captains call questions now because if the Socceroos played tomorrow night at Optus Stadium in Perth um, they probably wouldn't get 20,000 Mm. So to have the Matildas and the the wave of support for them is brilliant. So we'll update you on that next week as well. We are just on 8 o'clock, speaking of the world game. Next, we will speak to Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United. Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Two minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast Picks. Just hearing in the news some of the Champions League results uh, as another couple of legs are completed. So, uh, Prussia Dortmund defeating Newcastle 1-0. PSG defeating AC Milan 3-0. And Man City defeating Young Boys 3-1. So, it's a little bit unfair. Man City playing against Young Boys with that (laughs) result. Um, That's a Swiss team with a very unique name, Young Boys. Let's continue our focus on the world game, though, because Sunday is a really significant game. It's the second home game for Adelaide United in the A-League men's competition. But they are partnering up with Breakthrough. They are hosting the first mental health game in A-League history, taking on City. It's a significant milestone and more important than ever with growing mental health statistics. And to tell us a little bit more about that, but also someone who was outstanding Standing, he loves a clean sheet. He's our socceroo. His name's Joe Gauchi. Good morning to you, Joe. A great win on Friday night and a really important game against Grand Finalist City on Sunday. Morning, boys. How are we? Yeah, it was a a good result Friday night, and like you said, a big one on on Sunday. Mm. Um, I guess did did it surprise you at all? I, I must admit, I picked up the, uh, the or saw the results and thought, "Wow, this was uh, a great result for you." I know that there's uh, some differing circumstances, but what a way to kick the season off and and give everyone a, a real boost in confidence. Yeah, it was a good way to start the season. I think we weren't surprised. I mean, ultimately, the fans don't see the work that we've been doing in mm. the last, over the last four months through the preseason and in building our style of play and, and developing the squad and the players individually, developing physically, mentally and, and tactically. So for, for us, it wasn't a surprise. Um, we were really confident in, in the work that we've been doing and, and I think we got to, to show that off on Friday. Joe, we got a text yesterday from um, someone who follows Adelaide United quite closely and their suggestion was it was the most disappointing off-season that we had had as a team. And I challenged the person texting on that, saying if you have a look at some of the players who either started or came off the bench on Friday night, such as 
Johnny Yal, Panache Madana, Bernardo, Luka Jovanovic, who is doing um, international duty. If you think about the off-season, we've had some young players grow in experience and maturity, and they are equally as good as a player coming from overseas. Can you just give a comment on that, of the development of some of the young players that Carl Viet has entrusted, young South Australian players too, to lead the way for the Reds? Yeah, well, you sort of said there that the, the physical development is massive. You look at a lot of these boys, they're 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, some of them are young in their early 20s. Your physical development at, at that age, you know, over the course of five to six months, you can grow massively if physically. Um, and I think just the, the technical and tactical work that we've done over the last four months has been relying a lot on these players. Like, the, you know, the person texted and said, we haven't signed players, but at the end of the day, I think that South Australian people want to see South Australians play for a South Australian team. I think that's the, the direction that the club's been headed in over the last three seasons, and you've seen that with fantastic players come through. I think Craig Goodwin has been a big talking point with him leaving, but he's a South Australian, and for him to become the great player that he has and the great soccer and Johnny Warren medalist, he had to be given the opportunity as a young player. So I think fans should be extremely proud that us as a club are giving, you know, opening doors for these young boys to to grow and to develop and to become great players of this league and of this country. Mm. And and the model becomes sustainable as well because you're investing in young players and you've got this pipeline of young people coming through, which is fantastic. I want to talk about another player, a fully fit Zach Clough. He, he is a, a scary prospect for the league. He was great on Friday. He was fantastic. Um, and I think he's really settled in well over the last six months. Um, you know, when he... Coming from England, it's a long way to travel. You come to the other side of the world, you, you bring your family, um, and, it, and it can be hard to, to settle in. And I think over the last six months and, and through the preseason, he's, he's really settled, he's really happy here, and, and that makes a, a big difference in your performances and what you see on the field. I think when you're happy off the field and you're really settled, then you can really express yourself on the field, and, and we saw that on Friday night. Joe, you've made your debut for the national team, the Socceroos, um, against uh, a team uh, in Melbourne only a few months ago. And it was uh, a couple of weeks ago the Socceroos played against England and then New Zealand over in the UK at Wembley and then at Brentford. You weren't part of that squad. um, And I know there's certain reasons pertaining to that. But I just wanted to ask, um, as we talk about the the Breakthrough Mental Health Foundation and the focus of this Sunday, how much um, that motivates you and, um, like... enforces you to focus on your mental health and learn from the non-selection to actually fight your way back into that squad when another match comes around. We know there's a game on the 16th of November in Melbourne and that I'm sure is a focus for you. Yeah, yeah, it is It is motivating. Um, but I don't look at it that deeply, I suppose. I think for me, I'm extremely proud of my achievements over the last, sort of 12 months and being involved in back-to-back back-to-back camps and, and making my cap, as you mentioned. Um, but, I mean, not being picked in the last two camps, it's hard to get picked off uh, when you're just training in pre-season and not playing in-season. So the season's back and, and it's motivating for me to, to put in performances, but my focus has to be entirely on Adelaide. And if I'm, I'm not performing here, then those opportunities to represent uh, Australia with the national team won't come up. 
So it is a little bit of resilience. I think it can be, um, you know, for, for some players, it can be a bit of a, a down moment in their career and, and think that maybe they won't get back there. But to me, I look at it as, you know, a little setback um, that is you know, going to motivate me over the next couple of weeks to, to control what I can control and to work extremely hard on my craft here in Adelaide and then hopefully put in performances on the weekend that, um, you know, will, will see me get back into the squad. Just on Jeez, the... I tell you... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I'll tell you what. Um, the um, the schedulers for the A-League uh, must really not like Adelaide United because they give us the two grand finalists in our first two matches of the season. So we go and get to Mariners and then we play against Melbourne City. How are we going to tackle them this weekend? I think we're going to go at them as we have done in the past couple of years. I think we're, we match up against them very well. Um, it'll be similar to, I think, what similar to what the fans saw on Friday night. We'll look to control the game and, and dictate the tempo of the game um, with a lot of possession and really pick our moments when we're going to attack. Um, and, and, and without the ball, it'll be quite similar in, in that we'll be looking to press quite aggressively, but also pick our moments as well and at times happy to... Um, just sit in a more of what we like to call a mid-block in the middle of the field and, and pick our moments when we're going to, to really press them and, and nick the ball off them high up the pitch. So it'll be similar uh, to, to what fans saw on, on Friday night, I hope, in, in the result in the clean sheet as well. But no, Melbourne City are a great attacking team and have a lot of quality, even though they've lost and lost a lot of players and their team is, uh, on paper, is completely different to, to what we saw last season. Their style of play and structures are still there to to be very attacking, and they did play last night in the Asian Champions League, so they have a bit of travel, but that that won't be an excuse for them. I know with their facilities and things like that, they'll be they'll be fresh and ready to go Sunday night. Um, one thing that pleased the fans, and I'm I'm guessing it pleased you as well, that we heard that during the week that now the the grand final is not going to be locked away, and it doesn't have to be in Sydney every year, which opens the door if you're good enough to be able to uh, host a grand final in your home state and home city. Yes, it's, it's massive. I think last year when the decision was announced, there was a lot of uproar from fans, players and, and clubs really who, I guess you could use the word, were, were blindsided by the decision and it sort of came out of the blue. Um, and But I think for fans and for players, if you, you earn the right to play, to host a home grand final, you, you want to be hosting it you know, in your home state. And, and I can only use the example of Adelaide United in 2016. You see the the wonderful, you know, pictures from that game. And, um, you know, it was fantastic at Adelaide Oval with, you know, 55,000 fans streaming in, um, you know, really, really special moments. So it's uh, it's great to have that decision reverted. Um, and the United Round being brought in as well. I think it's a, mm. it's a great, it'll be a great occasion in January where football fans from all across the country can, can come together over a, over a weekend to watch, you know, men and women's football. So it's going to be a, that'll be a fantastic uh, event coming up in the, in the coming months. Joe, thanks so much for your time. We know that this weekend is focused on breakthrough and mental health, but the work you're doing alongside the Childhood Cancer Association with um, the saves that you make and the clean sheets as well um, is a credit to you, my friend. So good luck on the weekend, on Sunday, and for the rest of the season. We appreciate your time today. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Joe Gauchi joining us here from Adelaide United. Don't forget that game has been moved to Sunday night now against Melbourne City with a couple of big games left. Um, and Adelaide United on the 11th of November have a really special remembrance round two. Adelaide United and the 36ers are playing on both of those days as well. Uh, it is 12 minutes past eight on SENSA. Our Brecky Brownlow next.
Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 18 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Thanks to Connellina at the Brighton Trophy Centre, the best in SA, Brighton Road. Uh, Mark Bickley, it's time for our Brecky Brownlow. It has been a very big week, as it always has been. We've been together, you and I, as an SEN loving relationship, brotherhood um, duo. Yes. You're, you're like my grandpa. And mm. um, uh, like 96 shows, I think we have. I would have been gone together. with the older brother. Okay. Well, you go with what you need to go with. Um, so our Brecky Brownlow, I think, is a little bit different today because normally what we do is we play the best and the worst of the week um, on Tuesday morning. It mm. was the first time we'd seen one another since Thursday. And at the start of the show, I normally say, good morning. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Um, hello, Mark Bickley. And this is literally how we started the week. Hey, good morning to you, Jared. You call me Jared. Mm. Well, look, I was just doing something else where I was looking at something with Jared Whiteley and I was looking at uh, listening to a grab and then, I don't know, it must have seeped into my subconscious. But I know you're Jared. It just, my words didn't come out right. Okay, so what I thought we could do here is for our Brecky Brownlow is talk about names that are said incorrectly (laughs) and some of the more famous ones in history. So did you want to start us off when you called me Jared? Why don't you throw a nomination out there as part of the Brecky Brownlow? Well, I'm going to go with, this is how easy it happens. I'm going to go with uh, one of our co-hosts here at SEN, our esteemed co-host, Tim Watson, who had some trouble when he was talking on the news. Well, coming up after the break, we'll catch up with Demon Coach. <laughs> he just had a mental blank and he just stared at the, uh, the television the camera for about four so or five the, seconds. The full bit of audio mm. um, actually just has that music playing for another 10 seconds. He stared mm. into the barrel of the camera. I thought we were going to hear the full audio because that's even more awkward. So let's go into the next nomination, and this is um, actor Benedict Cumberbatch, who um, struggles to say the word. Now, I want to see an understanding from you, Mark Bickley. Mm. So those uh, black and white little animals, the bird, what are they called? The magpies? No, it starts with P. A black and white animal, a little bird? Yeah. It's a penguin. A penguin. So just say penguin. Penguin. Okay, listen to how he says it. Apparently I got it wrong repeatedly in the documentary and now I'm completely terrified of the words. First one you sort of get away with and then after that you lose all sense of what you want to do. And the last thing you might expect to see here is penguins. <laughs> these are fjordland crested penguins. So why are these woodlands so attractive to penguins? He's calling them, he's calling them penguins. Yeah, what's going on? Did, I know this is. Do they not have an editor or something? Like, how did, did they not say, "Hey, did anyone pick that up? Any chance?" You started this. What else have you got? Well, I'm going with a very famous one. This is uh, a, a, one of the doyens of uh, the industry that we work in, Sandy Roberts, and he. This was going back a number of years now, when the the Miss Australia uh, pageants used to be on, and we had a reigning Miss Australia, and he had to introduce her, and this is how it went. Land talking, land, I should say, and land, it's going to be very interesting. 
So, her name's so, Leanne Dick. How did he introduce her? What did he say? He said Leanne. Leanne Tolkien, Leanne Dick, I should say. And Leanne, it's going to be very interesting. Mm, uh, he called her Leanne Cock and her name was Leanne Dick. It's, it's like, it's a Freudian slip, but he clearly didn't want to forget the name and he had something in his brain and uh, yeah, oh, did it, just, he? it didn't quite come out correctly. Uh, okay, that's, that's, last a, that's an unfortunate name though, I must say. The Bricky Brownlow, oh, yeah. thanks to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre. Um, and Con actually is sometimes referred to as the Greek freak because uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the all-time greats of American basketball. And Basil Zemplis had a really good time trying to pronounce his name. One of the NBA's biggest stars is in hot water on the eve of the playoffs. Giannis Antetokounmpo was rejected for headbutting. Wow, yeah. that's sort of uh, Mark Bickley esque. It's uh, very good. It's one of those things where he, I don't think he sort of proofread it, and then he got there and reading the auto cue and thought, "Oh my goodness!" There's he a had lot, a, there's I'm a lot of Ron Burgundy. Yeah, moment. there's a lot of vowels in that, and uh, yeah, it wasn't spelt phonetically. I don't think in the auto cues. That was hard. We work. like it. So, so you will learn never to call me Jared again. Thanks to Connellina at the Brighton Trophy Centre, the best in SA. Brighton Road. We'll wrap up the show next. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Been a very big week, Mark Bickley. On the show, you can listen to everything on the podcast where we have an exclusive chat about things you may have missed. Uh, we find an NBA side for you and we talk about other things that probably are a little bit not safe for the real-time radio. What's the plans for the weekend, please? Uh, plans for the weekend. Uh, my parents are coming down. They're uh, going to be in town, so I'm going to be spending some time with them, which will be nice. Uh, Sheffield Shield kicks off today. Not sure if I might be able to slip down there and watch a bit of cricket across the uh, next couple of days. So what about yourself? Very nice. I'm coming back to Adelaide today, spend some time with the family, and then I'm off to Hobart for the rest of the uh, Australian Diamonds and uh, South Africa series. So that should be quite nice, actually. I haven't been to Hobart for a little while, and I love the cold weather, Bic. So this is what I'm looking forward to, getting off the plane, getting cold, going to Tassie, and getting freezing just before summer. <laughs> You've got a strange view of the world. I'm looking forward to a bit of sun on the back. Hopefully the weekend's going to be warming up. 23, I think, on Sunday. A little bit, uh, not quite as warm on Saturday, but still no rain, which is nice. Now, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show, contributing the texts, the uh, phone calls, and, of course, on social media. We are back Tuesday morning with another big week. Good luck to all the South Australian teams. Go the Matildas tonight and Bix. I'll catch you Tuesday morning. See you then.